and we have to really escalate the noise we make so that we'll be heard. Welcome to Gay USA. I'm Andy Hum. I'm Ann Northrup, and I see that that, uh, that intro has us at the old desk. We're at a new desk now, back at Manhattan Neighborhood Network, the first week in January 2024. Uh, not because COVID has ended, but we had sick of being at home. <laughs> and they years. let us back in. For three years. And the news marches on. Oh, uh, my God, evidently. There was a gay start to 2024 that we're going to tell you about. Uh, it's kind of fun, several of them. Uh, and also nice, I call it fun, but it may not stand. A Republican governor has vetoed an anti-transgender bill in his state. A federal judge in Idaho has put their anti-transgender law on hold. And a federal judge in Iowa, I states today, uh, blocked enforcement of two, uh, uh, sorry, I've got to pick up these pages to be able to read them. A federal judge in Iowa blocked enforcement of a law banning books with sexual content from school libraries. And a Republican congressman went to Uganda to support the Kill the Gays law. A third grade Catholic school teacher has been fired for being gay. Parents and kids are rallying to his side. In Maryland, trans LGBTQ activist Megan Riley Lewis, 53 years old, mother of two, was murdered. And the gift that keeps on giving, Kim Davis of Kentucky, the clerk who wouldn't issue marriage licenses to same-sex couples, has been ordered to pay another $260,000 in legal fees. Uh, we uh, are also mourning this week the losses of a couple of gay pioneers, as well as allies, and one leading opponent who we're not going to miss. And in Burundi, in Central East Africa... The president is calling for publicly stoning LGBTQ people to death. Happy New Year. It has gone too far. But you, you were here in New York uh, for the Times Square um, ringing. Yeah, like year. I went anywhere near it. <laughs> <laughs> amateurs, amateurs go to Times Square. I did but, it when I was in college. But uh, a very strange thing happened. Uh, and it was broadcast on CNN and a lot of the other networks. As soon as the ball dropped, this image appeared on TV screens all over the nation. These two young men kissing in Times Square, an interracial couple, no less. And uh, there is some speculation that they didn't know each other. This was just a spontaneous uh, two guys in Times Square kissing. But what is so striking is that this was the image, uh, the New Year's Eve kissing image that showed up everywhere on right, the major networks. Right wing heads exploded over this. <laughs> Our children had to see this. <laughs> what are your children doing up at midnight? <laughs> exactly. But I mean, isn't it gay enough on CNN with Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen? co-hosting every year? Yes, but the uh, the icing on the cake was that not only did CNN top off its uh, gay coverage with the two Andes, but 
the feed was picked up by CBS right, and right. Fox and other networks all over. And so there it was as our introduction to 2024. And that was kind of spontaneous. But in London, they, they planned a message that everybody was going to see when they shut off the fireworks here. There, that's the London Eye. And then this appears in the fireworks. London, a place for everyone. I don't know how they do that in the sky, but they, they did it. And that was nice. Well, I won't bother to speculate, but it, it looks doable. So uh, so that was a nice little start to the year that is going to drive all of us crazy with the coming apocalypse and all the <laughs> lies know. and torture we're going to experience for the next, uh, what, uh, 10 months. So let's start with other news, good and bad. Well, we've been waiting for news from Ohio because the legislature there passed one of these uh, vicious anti-trans youth bills, no medical care, no participation in school sports for trans girls. And we've been waiting to see what the uh, very conservative Republican governor, Mike DeWine, was going to do about it. Conservative, but not crazy, I'd say. Yes, exactly. Uh, and there he is giving a speech, a lot, telling the world that he is vetoing that bill. Well, before he gave the speech, of course, he actually met with trans youth and their parents and read the research on the thing. So, you know, I mean, that's uh, to, to his credit. Sure. And, and that let him speak very eloquently about the need for this care and the need for parental uh, control of these decisions and how it was saving lives to allow these kids to get medical care. Well, don't forget, the Republicans called their bills the Save Adolescents from Experimentation Act, and the other one was the Save Women's Sports Act. And, you know, DeWine said the goals of the bills, he's not totally against some of this stuff. He said the goals of the bills can be addressed by administrative rules that will have a better chance of surviving judicial review. And he said he agreed with several... Uh, concerns in the bill and will ban transition surgeries for minors, which almost no one has, right? Uh, require reporting and data collection on those who receive care and restrict pop-up clinics for the for trans care. Oh my God, pop-up clinics. Uh, yeah, and, and to talk about uh, judicial review, there are a number of states which have passed these laws that are now in abeyance because judges have uh, put temporary injunctions on them because they understand that these issues of parental decision making and the need for this care by these patients is so crucial. So these the laws have been challenged that have been passed and courts are saying, let's hold off on these laws until we get a real judicial decision. Now, the legislature says immediately we're going to override. We're going to try to override this. Now, they got uh, almost veto-proof majorities for the bills when they pass them. But yeah. if we could peel off just two senators, if the governor can say, uh, look at some of the research that I did, and maybe maybe we can hold on uh, to uh, the veto. So the next step is to wait to see what the legislature does. And we will, of course, uh, let you know when we know. Meanwhile, in Idaho, a judge blocked the ban on trans youth medical care that the legislature passed there. Uh, the judge cited a need for due process, equal protection. Parents should decide. Uh, the Under this law that was passed in Idaho, doctors are facing felony charges if they provide wow. any medical care to trans youth. 
Okay. Um, let's go to some, some, of the, some of the national news. A member of Congress uh, is a big supporter of Uganda's Kill the Gays law that even Senator Ted Cruz called horrific. This is Representative Tim Wahlberg, Republican of Michigan. He, uh, he spoke in Uganda to defend the law in October at a national prayer breakfast organized by the Fellowship Foundation, a.k.a. The Family, which paid for his trip. He said he's on God's side, differing with the Pope, of course, who wants to decriminalize gay sex. Yeah, and uh, Representative Robert Garcia from California, the former mayor of Long Beach, the out gay congressman, who's been terrific in Congress. He's uh, very aggressive about doing the right thing and uh, not afraid to speak up. So he called uh, Wahlberg disgusting uh, and uh, asked, do you want us to die? Do you want me and all the other out LGBTQ members of Congress to die? No, he said, what he said was, do you think the government should execute me and my fellow 11 gay members? Yeah. That was his way of putting it. Uh, Wahlberg then tried to act like he didn't uh, uh, support what he supports. How do you do that? He just said, oh, no, I, I was just I was just really talking about you need to stand up to the World Health Organization, you know, the World Bank or whatever the hell it is. And, and, and to pressure from the Biden administration. Well, but it's all about this. That's not what you said. <laughs> you're you're on the wrong path. All right. Uh, in uh, where? Oh, uh, well, Pennsylvania. The Democratic Party there has endorsed yeah. out gay state representative Malcolm Kenyatta for his race for state auditor general, a statewide uh, office. This is a watchdog office that uh, the state auditor general who then watches over what the state is doing, how it's spending money, what uh, policies it has. It's a terrific job and he wants it and they want him. I do want to note on an upbeat political note that when the House returns on January 9th, the Republican majority will be down to two. <laughs> uh, and so uh, and of course, they have to fund the government by January 19th. That's going to affect all of us. But it, Yeah, chances are that uh, Mike Johnson will work with the Democrats to do that and then they'll throw him out. Well, well, it's, you know. <laughs> It, by okay. the way, you, you follow the Nikki Haley controversy, and it's pretty rich for the DeSantis campaign to attack her for not knowing the Civil War was uh, fought over slavery or not saying that. DeSantis, of course, sees slavery as a job skills training program. Still, it doesn't seem <laughs> to be true. hurting. It doesn't seem to be hurting her with GOP voters. She spoke the truth, one of them said in New Hampshire. Then again, she can't compete with Trump quoting Hitler about immigrants poisoning our blood. Well, as Chris Christie said this week on The View, she's just angling to be vice president. That's all she wants. Wow. For him? Yeah. I, my God. And that she would eat glass to get it. <laughs> <laughs> well, why not? Look, he still looks like he's going to keel over any minute. Wouldn't uh, Not a surprise that she would want to be in that job. Don't forget she worked for him as a UN representative. The only people older than us are the two people running for president this year. <laughs> uh, look, it was nice to yes. see it was nice to see the ultra right Republican Party of Michigan melting down on a cesspool of corruption. Um, uh, attendance at their mandatory two day leadership conference plummeted 
guests were being any anybody who came in was being rated one to four on how conservative you were, how reactionary you were, actually. <laughs> wow. And the the super MAGA leaders, they're driving away the donors. This is encouraging. We're able to give you a lot of good news this week. Yeah, that's good news. And I uh, will remind you that on January 27th, Saturday, there will be a major demonstration in uh, Washington, D.C. by our new group, Stop the Coup 2025, mm -hmm. going after the Heritage Foundation for their Project 2025 plan to destroy democracy and turn the government into a fascist autocracy. January 27th. Correct. And there will be buses uh, to get there and uh, people coming, I think, from around the country. If you're interested, go to the stopthecoup2025.org website. Uh, to get details, and we'll put a note about that. Send in me our, a note, I'll stick it in. Yes, when our, uh, sign up for our email at gayusatv.org. Isn't it? Uh, we're sitting here. I can't just tell you. <laughs> no, I, I can't take it all down right here. I'll let you know. I have to remember. I'll pass it along. All right. In, in, in Iowa, yeah. a federal judge temporarily blocked the enforcement of a law passed by the GOP that ban books describing sex acts from school libraries. That, of course, would mean the end of the Bible, literally, mm -hmm. in, 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 in schools. Judge Stephen Locker, L-O-C-H-E-R, appointed by Biden, but sponsored by both of Iowa's Republican senators, said that the law makes no attempt to target such books in any reasonable way. Instead, it requires the wholesale removal of every book containing a description of a sex act, uh, whatever that is. And regardless of content, the message being that there is no redeeming value to any such book, even if it is a work of history, self-help guide, award-winning novel, or other piece of serious literature casting a pall of orthodoxy over school libraries. That's a great decision. It is, uh, but not such a great decision in the educational realm on Long Island here in New York, where Michael Califano lost his job as an elementary school teacher in a Catholic school. Why? Well, they say it's not because he's gay. <laughs> it's really because he married his partner. This is the distinction they always try to yes. make. It's not that he's gay and it's not that he's out. It's that uh, he married his partner. Well, Come on! You don't know. You don't know what goes on in their bedroom. Uh, they might be. They might be conforming. Uh, they don't their, care what goes on in the they bedroom. Be, they care that they're married. It's not a, is it a sin to 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 to, to marry a, a partner of the same sex? Is that a sin? You're wow. the ex-Catholic. I, I, I don't know. know. I mean, I, you know. Well, let's look at the I local know. news report and see what they have to say. The diocese of Rockville Center says that they did not fire this teacher over his sexuality, but I spoke with him outside of this church here, and he says that is not true. He was, in fact, fired for being gay. From their jumps to their seats. These third graders sitting beside their recently fired teacher, Michael Califano, are rallying support to get his job back. I felt really sad. I was crying, and uh, and I was praying that we couldn't get him back. 26-year-old Michael Califano of Belmont was fired on Wednesday as a full-time teacher from Maria Regina Catholic School in Seaford, after he says social media photos were shared to administrators of the diocese of Rockville Center, 
of him and his boyfriend. I had violated a handbook uh, policy of adhering to Catholic values and being Christ-like, which I've said before I did not feel that I violated, but to them I have. I was really mad about it. So now Califano's current and former students and their parents say they're marching for justice. He's the best teacher. Um, he's been Jameson's teacher for three months so far, and he's changed my son's life. I like doing my work. He has fun ideas to do. He doesn't deserve this. His family does not deserve this. They are such a big part of our school. It's just gross. It's disgusting. His father, Nassau County cop Michael J. Califano, was struck and killed in 2011 in the line of duty. His mother says she and his father wed at Maria Regina before sending their kids to the same school. He's so hurt by all this, you know. I, I, in my eyes, I feel like they're making him feel like he's less of a human because of who he is, who God made him be, to, be, to be. I'm trying not to let it affect my faith. Um, seeing how many people are here is also helping me with that. Uh, I still plan on going to church every Sunday, and hopefully this will all lead to something better. Michael Califano says he's speaking currently with an attorney. Parents that I spoke with today say they want him reinstated with his job on Wednesday when the students return from their holiday break. We had, uh, sorry, we had a little syncing problem with the uh, video and the sound, but you get the idea. And it's just fantastic to see those kids and, Third graders. Par and their parents, yes. too, you know. And his mother. Yeah, everybody out there uh, supporting him. So yes. we'll, we'll hope to have better news on him. But now these Catholic schools, they're quite adamant about their well, standards. They, well, they are in the United States, which is a very reactionary Catholic church. In, in Ireland, they run all the schools mm -hmm. and they get paid by the government to run all the schools. Right. So the government finally said, and we've talked about this, yep. the government finally said, uh, you, you got to have gay people working for you or allow that, or we're taking the funding away. So they said, okay. <laughs> incentives. By uh, the way, finishing up on Iowa and, you know, Governor Kim Reynolds there, yeah. who's so awful and everything like that. But there could be an upside to the to the ban on the books and, and, and content. It would mean banning anything about Donald Trump. And I mean this because so much of it has to do with sex acts that's in the reporting on him. Andy, you're you're trying to impose logic where All none, right, and none exists. Well, let's let's stay with religion for a minute. Well, the well, Southern and, Baptist Convention uh, is settling a civil lawsuit brought by several men uh, for sexual abuse by a, a big Southern Baptist leader, Paul Pressel, Pressler. Uh, of Houston, uh, they're they're paying off the uh, guys rather than holding Pressler to account. Okay, um, amidst the right wing uh, parading people who have transitioned, who want to detransition now, and all this kind of stuff, there's a new study out that found an extremely low level of regret uh, on the part of people who have had any kind of uh, gender affirming care. It, it's, it's like under 1%. Whereas for like other surgeries, like even for mastectomies in some cases, it can be as high as like 14% yep. uh, for people. So this is good evidence if people would actually pay attention to the evidence. And uh, another study recently released by the Williams Institute at UCLA School of Law, a great 
think tank. Uh, we told you a couple of weeks ago the, about new figures that showed the state with the greatest percentage of LGBTQ people was Kentucky. Well, this new study disputes that and says the top states uh, with a percentage of LGBTQ people are uh, District of Columbia, not a state, but a high LGBTQ population, Oregon and Delaware, and that 5.5% of the U.S. Uh, openly identifies as LGBTQ. We still regard that as a large undercount because that's self-identified and open, but it keeps moving up. And that 36% of the people in the country who identify as LGBTQ, they say are in the South. Now, their definition of the South, I mean, it's not the Confederacy. Well, the, uh, the statistics... It's, it's, they on, include Delaware and things like that. The statistics, really? Well, the statistics on, uh, for instance, uh, LGBTQ-headed families, uh, like lesbian couples with kids, etc., have always been a little higher in the South. Uh, right. So, yes, and, there is a higher population. And the other the thing South. is that most people who identify as LGBTQ identify as bisexual, 58%. But it says bisexuals are far less likely to be out about their sexuality. Well, of course, societal pressures. Well, well I, and we've I, always said, we've always said that there is a spectrum of sexual orientation and that uh, the binary uh, components of that, exclusively heterosexual, exclusively homosexual, on each end are relatively small compared to the middle right. where people are more fluid. A densely populated spectrum. Yeah. All right. Uh, but I have to I have to say my favorite religion story of the week. In New York State, oh. they've been renovating the uh, rest stops uh, on the New York Thruway from New York City to uh, Erie, Pennsylvania, wherever. Uh, and they've... They, allowed a lot of Chick-fil-A franchises, into, among other franchises, into these rest stops. Well, drivers who are going into the newly renovated uh, rest stops are shocked, shocked, I tell you, to find that the Chick-fil-A's are closed on Sundays. Right. That's their tradition because they're a Christian organization. I find this hilarious that this has finally blown the cover of Chick-fil-A, the rest stops on the New York State. Well, and Thruway. in some cases, they're the only restaurant in some, re in some places. So people are really you know, upset about this. They but, have to but, move so on to the next rest stop. So they're trying to pass a bill that says <laughs> if you got a contract to do this, of course, the problem is the contracts run until... 2050. So, but <laughs> yeah, they're not going to get rid of the Chick Fil A's, but they may bring in a few others who would actually be open on Sundays. But maybe, maybe imagine, so. imagine the the shock of these drivers arriving at the rest stop to find the Chick Fil A's right. closed. Okay, should we talk about Stunning. some of some of the violence of the past uh, week? Yes. Well, in <clears throat> Bel Air, Maryland, trans woman Megan Lewis, 53 years old, a fixture in Baltimore's trans community, was murdered on December 27th, shot in a parking lot in her apartment complex. She was the mother of two. The perpetrator, Brian Delen, D-E-L-E-N, who was delivering food to the area, got into an argument with Lewis that turned physical, and he shot her once in the torso. She died at the hospital. Delen surrendered to police. Lewis devoted her life to feeding the hungry and housing LGBTQ people. She founded a patient support group for trans people coming to Baltimore for gender confirmation surgery, a tremendous loss. 
She, they were arguing over the fact that he had misgendered her, and she was unhappy about that. And he pulled out the gun and shot her. And this is in the air these days because of the crap that the right wing is revving up about uh, trans people as if they're the new witches or something. And in Hampton Roads, Virginia, another trans woman, Lexis Walker, 43 years old, uh, was killed by a drunk driver. She was also a community leader, a mentor to other trans people. She worked in promotions, massage therapy, and was a performer, uh, another great community loss. There's going to be a candlelight vigil for her on January 5th at 6 p.m. at Waterside Pier there. And uh, in (laughs) back to education... (laughs) God, this story. In, at the University of Wisconsin in La Crosse, Wisconsin, uh, uh, Chancellor Joe Gow, G-O-W, I assume that's Gow, could be Go, uh, has been fired as chancellor because it, they finally figured out or <laughs> noticed that he and his wife, for some years, his wife, who also served as an unpaid assistant... That's Carmen Wilson. Uh, ...were very active on social media, posting <laughs> pornographic pictures well, and threesomes and... Well, it's, it, it, they, they run the Sexually Healthy Cooking Show, well, S-A-C. that was one of their, well, one of but their wait, things. Wait a minute, which has a more explicit version where they actually... Uh, but it's cooking with porn stars. Yes. And then they go off and have sex. Now, this picture that's up here where they have their SHC, which also means sexually happy couple, um, T-shirts on, was put on the website of the student newspaper back when they got married back in 2015. Yeah. No, they've been totally out about this. They're very happy, uh, uh, open uh, evangelists for sexual uh, openness. And the university has decided that this is unacceptable and does not meet their standards. The board president said they're disgusted and alarmed by his (laughs) sideline. Gao said it falls within my right to free speech and he will be but he he'll be transitioning to a faculty role now. Well, we'll see whether he lasts with that. We'll see whether uh, uh, Claudine Gay lasts in her faculty role, having uh, resigned as president of Harvard. But he is claiming a free speech right. Uh, the university is saying he is not a role model. Oh, well. Well, what's your idea of a role model? Come and on. since when has truth and uh, openness not been a good role model? Right. All right. Let's talk about some of the other people that we've lost this week. Okay. Uh, uh, Bobby Rivers, we, of course, remember him from all kinds of television. And out there he is with Liza Minnelli, an out gay trailblazer in broadcast journalism. He's died at the age of 70 in Minneapolis. He got his start in radio in Milwaukee in the mid-70s there on TV as a film critic, hosting a live weekday show until 85, hired by VH1 at 87 for Watch Bobby Rivers show with a lot of celebs, Paul McCartney, Meryl Streep, Liza Minnelli, all these people. And he did weekend today, and he, and he did segments with Rosie O'Donnell until 1990. Uh, well, let's show, we have a little uh, footage of him uh, talking. Let's see that. It happened to be on TV recently, and I watched it. Um, I was represented for a short time by a top agency, and represented after I had done three years on VH1. So I'm on VH1 every single day. Rosie O'Donnell was on every day. And 
Monday night through Friday night, I had a show called Watch Bobby Rivers, where I would have a guest for a half an hour. Some of, some of the guests, Meryl Streep, Mel Gibson, uh, Sigourney Weaver, Whoopi Goldberg, Sally Field, Ann Tyler, the author. I had Norman Mailer on, Paul McCartney. I had an A-list guest. I was very fortunate. After that, I get signed by an agency, and they couldn't do anything with me. And I go, why can't they do anything with me? I told them that I wanted to be submitted for, for some acting parts where, you know, look, I'm not the, the romantic lead. I'm not the, the handsome guy, so I would be like the, the best friend, you know. I constantly got sent out to play urban thugs and convicts. Right, I got, and this is no lie, I got submitted to play a guy who was in prison for serial rape. And I said to my agent, look at me, who am I supposed to have raped, Siegfried and Roy? <laughs> look at me! Well, you know, Michael Musto called him funny, campy, knowledgeable, and groundbreaking. He also trailblazed by doing a stage show about his lover's battle with AIDS when it was practically a taboo subject, Michael tells us. Um, you know, he was entertainment editor for ABC News, but he was up against a lot in terms of racism in the industry. Well, here was my favorite Bobby Rivers moment. He was doing uh, segments for the local NBC station on the weekend. Weekend today. Yes. And he had been sent out to some children's event in the winter, or maybe Christmas or something. And uh, the kids were all wearing like reindeer antlers on their head. And he says to them, Okay, kids, now let's chant, we're here, we're dear, get used to it. (laughs) (laughs) Playing off the popular chant at the moment, we're here, we're queer, get used to it. And I just fell down laughing. He was great. He was great. He launched a blog, Bobby Rivers TV, in 2011, and the last entry was in November with Coleman Domingo uh, about doing Rustin. He says he got a lot of homophobic hate mail over the years in the bad old days, but the outpouring of love from those whose lives he touched, if you look on Facebook and things like that, is unbelievable. People he was really, delightful. People love these. Love he this really guy. was. Uh, 70, cancer, gone too soon. Uh, and uh, we also lost a, a great activist in Massachusetts, Dermot Marr, who died at 83. He was the first out gay judge uh, appointed to the bench in Massachusetts. He was also an artist and an author. Uh, He had first applied for the judgeship in 1985, was rejected by the then governor, and but finally appointed by Michael Dukakis in 1989. Uh, when sodomy was still illegal and his opponents got up in the legislature and said, you're going to appoint this guy? He's uh, well, it's illegal. Well, I mean, the federal government, I mean, or excuse me, the state of New York didn't want to certify Lambda Legal Defense as an organization because they were for sodomy. Yes. Uh, he was a leader of the movement against uh, bail. He was a, a big leader in bail reform. Uh, he... Uh, he, he worked as a model, too. Uh, well, he said one of his greatest achievements was achieving sobriety in 1975 mm-hmm. and coming out as gay shortly thereafter. 
He was on the Boston Municipal Court. He was on the Boston Human Rights Commission. He was on the uh, GLAD, GLAD, the legal organization in Massachusetts Board of Directors. He was a co-founder of the Massachusetts Lesbian and Gay Bar Association on the AIDS Action Committee Legal Services uh, group. And he leaves his partner, Renato uh, Salucci. Uh, he, you know, I've gotten a couple of notes from people who said, you got to talk about this guy because he was so wonderful and such a hero. Tell us a little bit more about uh, philanthropist John Baer. Well, John Baer uh, was a foundation act. Uh, He's on the left there with his husband, Ignatius Bow. Uh, he was an activist in San Francisco, uh, very involved with uh, women's rights as well as LGBTQ rights, and an executive with several foundations. And he also was a hero in the community who will be sorely missed. All right. Uh, uh, now we're going to talk about some allies and some opponents. A former U.S. Senator from Wisconsin, Herb Cole. KOHL, who served from 1989 to 2013, has died. He was 88, succeeded by, and we have a picture of her, uh, Senator Tammy Baldwin. He was one of the founders of the coal department store chain. This guy was rich, and he bought the Milwaukee Bucks to keep them in Milwaukee back in 85. He did vote for DOMA in 96, but he otherwise supported LGBTQ rights. He lived as a single man throughout his life. Long, long rumored to be gay. But he said staying single freed him to do his work in business and politics. He once said, he once said, I am not a gay man or a lesbian. Uh, Too cute by half by my lights, but uh, I have no proof. But he was always on the list of uh, probables. And then in Texas, uh, Representative Eddie Bernice Johnson died at 88 she, Democrat, uh, she was a chief psychiatric nurse who then went to Congress uh, from Dallas. Uh, she worked at the Dallas uh, Veterans Administration. The she, fir- first black person to be elected in Dallas to anything, by the way. Uh, she championed non-discrimination laws for people with AIDS uh, and access Uh, for them to better care. Uh, She was a member of the LGBTQ Equality Caucus in uh, the House of Representatives as an ally, a great progressive. Uh, She retired a year or so ago. She she was the first nurse in Congress. Yes. Um, This week also marked the passing, on a lighter note, of Donald Wildman. At 85, the founder of the anti-LGBTQ American Family Association in Tupelo, Mississippi, died in Mississippi, but uh, it started out as the net, uh, but it had a lot of national influence, tremendous. It's, it started as the National Federation for Decency in 77, but his American Family Radio Network reached 1.5 million people. Um, he still has an annual revenue in the tens of million. The, the group does. Uh, tens of millions of dollars, owning 200 Christian radio stations. This is the consequence of getting rid of the Fairness Doctrine. You just turn over the airwaves to 
you know. He was a monster. He was a monster. And he, he his, uh, one of his main things was to threaten boycotts against corporations that were at all LGBTQ huh? friendly. Luckily, they were all failures, and yes. he never was able to uh, bring any corporation well, to its knees. His son, however, is carrying on. Tim Wildman is now the head of the organization. And they're they're nasty, nasty uh, right. people. And uh, he well, they got some competition now. He argued in Lawrence v. Texas, uh, nineteen, which was 2003, that there was no evidence that the couple who uh, supposedly had sex was gay, <laughs> and that would be a reason for rejecting the case. <laughs> well, don't forget, Crazy. Sa- Sandra Day O'Connor, when she switched her vote to say no, it's unconstitutional, said it was because they were gay, and you're only doing this to gay people. Uh, yes, and, and there were cases that were all over that. Um, and uh, speaking of crazies, uh, Kim Davis in Kentucky, huh. who, who refused to give same-sex couples marriage licenses, uh, saying it was her religious freedom right not to do so, even though she was a public official. And litigated it for years and years, and they finally said, uh, all right, you, you can have someone else in the office do it, but you have to hand it over to someone else. And then finally the state took all the clerks' names off the marriage licenses so that that would be easier. But she's lost every case, and she's been required to pay damages to the couples. And We should say their name, David Ermond and David Moore. They're the couple that she initially refused. The U- U- US, they were awarded $100,000 in damages alone. The U.S. Supreme Court declined to hear her appeal, but her lawyers are asking now the U.S. District Court to reverse the jury's verdict and then plan a new series of appeals. This is Liberty Counsel, and they want to take somehow take this case to the U.S. Supreme Court. Well, meanwhile, she's been ordered to pay $260,000 uh, to the couple's yes. lawyers. Yes. Uh, this is an, uh, a lesson in uh, U.S. jurisprudence. The couple gets 100000 The lawyers oh, well. get... Well, they do a lot this of This is U.S. District Judge David Bunning, who's been on the case from the beginning. Yeah. And in other uh, uh, potential legal matters, the update on the cop in St. Louis uh, who oh. beat up the uh, bar owner whose bar he ran into with the uh, car. Uh, has, they're uncovering more about him, uh, including past misdeeds of beating up other people who had the temerity to speak up to him. He just goes after them. Wow. Uh, nonetheless, he was in, he was named Officer of the Month in November 22. Have they dropped the charges against the no, gays? No, no. The DA is saying, uh, well, don't worry, we'll drop the charges. Really? How about now? Yeah. Now would be There's good. There's no time like the present. Yeah. Uh, and in Texas, Grapevine, Texas, I'm sorry to report that a restaurant there, Piaf Restaurant, canceled two New Year's Eve uh, performances by drag performers under threat of the local populace that said this is, uh, you know, inappropriate. Now, these were adults-only performances on New Year's Eve, and yet the restaurant was under such attack that they decided that the uh, discretion was the better part of valor, and so they canceled. Well, on Jeopardy this week, uh, one of the contestants, a woman from Harvard, said her goal had always been to be uh, an uh, sort of impresario and, and do shows. And he said, oh, really? Uh, Ken Jennings says, oh, what shows do you do? Oh, we do a big drag show every year. And he goes, that's wonderful. 
<laughs> okay, Ken. Tell us more about you. Uh, and uh, better news from Seattle, where the community was upset that the city planned to build a children's playground right by a nude gay beach. <laughs> and the LGBT community rightly said, hey, you build that playground and parents are going to freak out that there's a nude gay beach and we're going to have no place to go. And the city saw the wisdom of that and said, we'll build the playground somewhere else. Yay. All right. What? All right. International news? Uh, one, no? Got one uh, more? Uh, uh, uh. Oh, um, well, I just want to mention that there, I didn't even know about out astronaut Wendy Lawrence. Oh, right, right, right. Uh, and uh, I received a viewer note that alerted us to a podcast of hers on a site called Museum of Flight. Uh, so if you want to hear a lesbian astronaut uh, do a podcast, go to Museum of Flight. And the link to the podcast will be in our email this week. All you have to do is sign up for our email list. We're kind of holding around 3,500 of you right now, but we can always add more. Just we go to can. our website. You get so much information there. Yes. All right. All right. International news. Well, yes. I mean, this really is uh, frightening uh, in, a, in a frightening world. In Burundi, in East Africa, a landlocked nation there, the, the, uh, the quiet part is being said out loud. The president, uh, Evariste Ende Ishmiyi, has called on people to stone gay people to death. He said, if you want to attract a curse to this country, accept homosexuality. I even think that these people, if we find them in Burundi, it is better to lead them to a stadium and stone them, and that cannot be a sin. He said homosexuality was imported from the West, when in fact anti-sodomy laws were imported from the West, but that aspect of colonialism doesn't seem to bother him. This is like, wow. I mean, it's, I mean, it just goes further and farther and farther. Well, Burundi is in the same area as Uganda and Kenya, Rwanda, and uh, Central East Africa is, uh, I don't know. You know, I would stay away from there, whether you can travel there safely. Uh, it's the know, big Christian influence uh, there, fundamentalist the Christian influence The U.S. Christian there. influence, like Representative Tim Wahlberg, who we talked about at the uh, right. top of the show. And of course, there. when he's questioned about it, he says, well, you're going to, you know, you'll be cut off from the West. Good. He said, yeah, yeah, that's what that's, they say. Yeah. Well, I don't want that dirty World Bank money. And in Uganda, they, so they're sort of saying the same I'll thing. I'll take the Chinese money. Well, that's well, they're, they're saying that's good in Uganda, too, because uh, uh, it just breeds corruption, they said. So get rid of it. Well, my question, you know, horrible things happen in this country. We've just spent yes. 40 minutes talking about that. Every week we talk about that, uh, and yet people... But stoning to death in stadiums is medieval. Well, wait till the Trump administration takes over again. We'll be hearing more about that here. We're not going to let it happen, are we, folks? No. no. Stop the coup. I mean, we're nonpartisan here, but that's a matter of survival. We're not nonpartisan about hatred. Right. All right. And then, uh, uh, you know, uh, what happened to this gay journalist in Russia? Well, he's a former news anchor. His name is uh, Pavel Lobkov. And he says he was beaten up in a public park. That on the left is his uh, busted nose and, and black eye, I guess. And that's his hand in the right picture. Uh, he, he posted these injuries on Facebook. 
uh, and says he was just targeted. He was an out gay news anchor, and uh, he got uh, attacked wow. by a gang, and there he is. Better news from uh, Thailand. Well, we told you that Thailand has indeed introduced bills recognizing same-sex marriage. It would be the third place in Asia to do so after Taiwan and Nepal. Um, Amnesty International, however, made a call for the final version of the bill not to be watered down. You know, it should cover the full spectrum of family life, including adoption and inheritance and those things. They just worry that it will not be an equal right. Sure. You know, so often it's incremental. And a case of that is happening in, believe it or not, Israel in the midst of the war. I, I feel a little uncomfortable reporting anything from part of that, that part of the world, particularly anything that uh, sounds like good news and may just be a distraction. But the High Court of Justice there unanimously ruled that same-sex couples do have a right to adopt. Uh, the government had promised, Netanyahu's government the last time they ran, uh, promised to legalize these adoptions, but failed to follow through on well, it. Well, because he made a coalition with so many right-wing groups. Yes. His popularity is down to 15%, by the mm-hmm. way. Well, the court ruled in that, Israel. The court ruled that these adoptions are in the best interests of the child and therefore should be legal. So with any luck, well, they that also, will be operating. They also ruled that BB can't control the Supreme Court. So that's Yes, good. that was very heartening. Uh, and in the U.K., I'm very happy to see that teachers are fighting back against the new gu- conservative government guidelines oh, yeah. about how to treat trans kids in schools. The guidelines were... Uh, pretty horrific, and the teachers are standing up and saying, uh, the hell with you. We're going to respect people's preferred pronouns and name changes, and uh, we're going to work with the kids. We're not going to go by any stupid rules in in the government. And in the Ukraine, the the, uh, LGBTQ activists are reminding the government, you said you were going to do some kind of partner recognition by the end of 2023 and you didn't do it and look we're we're in the we're in the army we're dying for this country and especially you know in terms of survivor benefits and things like that let's do it yeah i mean it's the war all right um some people uh, somebody we lost last week tom will uh wilkerson wilkinson wilkinson sorry of course and he's died at the age of 75 there he is Back in 2003, he played a Midwestern man married to Jessica Lang as he was transitioning to be a woman. That was called Normal on HBO. Um, he also played one of the o- older guests in the Best Exotic Marigold Hotel who comes out as gay in the course of the movie. But he was also in the movie Wild. He was in everything. He was in everything. But the movie Wild about Oscar Wilde, when Stephen Fry played him, uh, he, he, he played Bozy's, uh, that was um, Jude Law, Bozy's uh, miserable father, the Marcus of Queensbury, who accuses Wilde of being a, posing as a somdomite and gets him set up for two years in hard labor, which killed him. Um, anyway, a great actor. You know him from The Full Monty, Michael Clayton. He got Oscar nominated for those. And I, I loved him as the chief justice of England, making the first anti-slavery uh, ruling in the movie Bell. Uh, where he had a black uh, niece who he uh, was, uh, uh, grandniece actually, that he took care of there at Kenwood House, where I go every year when I'm in London and think of him. Anyway. 
And uh, you wanted to know yeah. the knighting of... Uh... Well, the New Year's honors were handed out by King Charles, selected mostly by the government. Even Liz Truss, for her failed one-month uh, uh, premiership, um, of LGBTQ interest, the director emeritus of the Royal Shakespeare Company, Gregory Dolan, uh, was knighted. Shakespeare has been my life, he said, along with his late husband, actor Sir Anthony Shear, who died of cancer in, at 72 in 2022. Um, he's been the, uh, he was an actor at the RSC, director later on, and he directed a movie called The Boy in the Dress, a new musical about a 12-year-old who enjoys wearing a dress uh, with a book by, I'm sorry, it's a play, by Mark Ravenhill and a score by Robbie Williams. All right. Uh, uh, AIDS news, the, actually the news this week is about ACT UP New York, which is still very much in operation and, uh, and active and doing uh, demonstrations and health work and, and collaborating with other organizations. But they have a little internal problem at the moment. And so they are calling for a meeting on this coming Monday, the 8th, to uh, endorse a revision of the bylaws to keep them in business. There. Anybody who has been to uh, more than one ACT UP meeting or action three, in the last... Huh, three meetings? Three. All right, I qualify. Yeah, sure. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to be in on this on Zoom. Yeah, they need a, a hundred... Uh, members uh, defined as anyone since 1987 who has been to meetings, been to demonstrations, whatever. So we will put the Zoom link in our show notes. Yeah, it's a pretty simple link. It's tiny URL backslash Zoom act up. Uh, and, uh, you know, but we will put it in our show note as well. Or you can show up in person at the community center here at 208 West 13th Street. Uh, the meeting is scheduled from 7 to 9. With any luck, it'll be a lot shorter because it's just going to be, well, they'll discuss the issues and, and then vote. Uh, but you can participate either in person or on Zoom. And, you know, we should say Save act up. the people bringing this are saying, you know, it's over a, a member who has been expelled because he was harassing a lot. That's what they say, who was harassing a lot of people. And this guy is ready to go to court over it. Yes, uh, he's filed a lawsuit. So uh, to keep the organization kosher, they need to amend the bylaws. And, and that's what this is about. Okay. All right. Uh, now, entertainment news. Well, uh, RuPaul has a new memoir coming out. The thing. House of Hidden Meanings. It's already a bestseller ahead of its March release, and it's only available on pre-order. And it, uh, it only covers his life. It's a memoir. It, it releases March 5th. It covers the first 40 years of his life. Up to Drag Race, leaving room for Volume Two. All right. <laughs> but it is very, you know, he is—he's one of these people who has achieved incredible success in his black, adult the, middle age. The black person to receive more uh, Emmys than anybody else. Yeah, uh, he is a huge hit with the Emmys, and a new season of Drag Race has just started. Uh, season 16, maybe? He grew up as black, a black gay kid in San Diego. Um, his time in the punk and drag scenes of Atlanta and New York are covered, falling in love with his husband, George Labar, and another theme of today, getting sober. Um, drag Race is on MTV and is returning, as you said, for its 16th season. Wow. 
Yeah, it's just astonishing to me. Uh, just when you think someone has had their life, their career, had their success, suddenly it just all takes off. Yeah, like Joe Biden, he became president. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and Donald Trump, he became president. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late. That's our motto. It's and, never too late. But uh, but it's never too uh, uh, bad for uh, for uh, Netflix. They hired Dave Chappelle again to do more bigoted comedy, uh. more transphobic jokes, but also making fun of people with disabilities because he said, "I love punching down." That's not funny. No, he sounds not. as if he's auditioning for a cabinet post in the next Trump administration. Very possibly. Uh, now, you uh, fellow travelers has finished its season on Showtime. Yes, I saw yeah. the I saw the finale because I, I was away and I came back. I was able to see it. It it ended uh, with uh, r right towards the end an act up scene at a fundraiser for California Representative Governor George Duke Majin, who, like most politicians in the eighties, was ignoring the devastation of AIDS. Now, of course, they, this was taking place in 86 when ACT UP didn't exist. But we also saw Hawks, that's Matt Bomer's wife, finally standing up for herself. And all in all, a lot of LGBTQ history integrated into the series and more gay sex than maybe ever in a mainstream series. And we also finally got to see Hawk, uh, Matt Bomer, show some emotion other than anger at the end. I won't say more than that for those of you who have not yet seen the episode. Well, for those of you who haven't seen it, I would say there are better ways to spend your time. Okay. But, but I would say also, uh, having run out of things to watch <laughs> over the holidays, I decided to embark on catching up on something that I had refused to watch at first, but has been so popular, I thought I might as well give it a try. Succession. Yeah. Well, you know, it's the big, big, big hit. It's about the Murdochs. It's going to win tons of Emmys. I've watched half of it it's now. It's very vulgar. It's extremely vulgar, but I hadn't realized it was a comedy. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, Do I, they realize it's a comedy? I don't know. But when it first started several years ago, I watched the first episode and I thought, these people are so loathsome. I can't possibly watch this series. And Brian, well, it's, it's, it's the Murdochs. I mean, Brian Cox plays the lead. He's the, he runs the family. By yeah. the way, he's going to be doing um, Long Day's Journey and Tonight with Patricia Clarkson in London, if yeah. you're going. Yeah. Yeah, that would, I'd like to see Patricia Clarkson. But uh, I... You know, his character is so vile, vile, but to I mean, his own just, family, oh, to everybody in his family every day. It's just horrible. Uh, but uh, it becomes after after a while, you think, wow, this guy's really clever the way he treats his family. I wouldn't recommend the show, but I'm finding myself compelled to keep watching it. And one of the reasons that I was watching... <laughs> Four seasons. One of the reasons I'm talking about fellow travelers, I'm on the plane coming home, and the movie selection on British Airways, I don't mind saying, wasn't great. <laughs> so I, I went to Paramount Plus, and they had fellow travelers. I'd seen it. But, you know, I would often not watch it closely enough. Yeah. And I got a little bit more into it there. You do get... I, I tend to... Uh, uh, you know, read the uh, paper, multitask, yes. read the paper, catch up on correspondence, read email, whatever, while I have the TV on. And I miss a lot, I find. It's true. <laughs> when I manage to watch it. I know you don't do that with us. No. 
You have to pay notes. You have to pay attention to this show. Yes. Although you miss a lot. So do you want to tell us anything more about your trip since we have a couple of extra minutes? About my trip. Thank um, you for bringing me the cookies I like, by uh, the way. You're entirely welcome. I'm sorry Chocolate I didn't bring any for you. ginger snaps. Boy, they're good. Uh, I, I will tell you that, you know, I mean, uh, be, being in London, I mean, there's a lot more competition in the supermarkets and things, and things are cheaper there. People think of London as extremely expensive. Yes. And if you're staying at a hotel, and I stay, I stay at a friend's place, otherwise... I couldn't afford this to do this. Thank you, uh, Bernard Lynch and Billy Desmond, um, and that's where we did the show from from their from their apartment. Uh, right. They're uh, they're in Camden Town. I do love the technology of us now being able to do the show anywhere. I mean, we've done it a lot of different places over the years, but uh, being able to do it online and have it turn into a regular broadcast is pretty stunning. But here we are back at Manhattan Neighborhood Network where we, you know, the show started. (laughs) Go to our website, gayusatv.org. You can read the whole history of the show. But for the last 20-plus years, we've been here because they invited us in and have been really kind about supporting this show and making it possible for us to keep doing it every week. Uh, And Our director, Rich Speziali, and our associate producer in there, Bill Ballman. Uh, and all the people here at MN who uh, work in one way or another on the show. Uh, and we, we're so grateful to them and so happy with this as our home. Uh, but we've been away from it for almost three years because of COVID. We originally uh, had to leave the studio because they closed the whole facility for COVID. We're willing to take a risk for you. <laughs> <laughs> well... Then they moved the whole operation and built a whole new studio. So we're 20 blocks south of where we were, uh, but here we are. Closer to our homes. It's only a 15-minute walk. <laughs> well, not. we won't be in as good shape because we only have to walk a, a mile to the studio instead of two miles. Yeah. Uh, but we're very happy to be back and be able to be side by side, which we have missed over the last That's three really years. It's really nice to see you again. <laughs> <laughs> we, we live... Two, two addresses down from each other. We we're, hardly we're ever like see. We're like a hundred yards we apart. We hardly ever see each other. We communicate all the time. Yeah. But we don't see much of each other. Yeah. Now we can actually hand stuff to yeah. each other yeah. and all of that and and complain. Well, and we're uh, we're so grateful to you all for watching, hanging in here for 2024. It's going to be a rough ride, but we'll get through it. And we're grateful to Marin Johns for being a, a chief. Uh, substitute uh, anchor here and joining our family, and she's done a fantastic job. And occasionally Chris Cooper, who it was the year of Chris Cooper in 2023. We'll (laughs) see what 2024 holds for him. And uh, and all our friends. But uh, we are off the air now. We've run over time. We will see you next week.